Derek Bateman, what did Daniel Bryan say that you would have a future as outside of sports entertainment? I think Daniel Bryan would want me to be the next Steve Blackman. Isn't that still within sports? <laughs> Steve Blackman's not even a real person. You can't answer that. Does anyone else uh, really? Yeah. really happening right. right now. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy, Nando O'Brien. <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> and you know, it's your boy, L Truth. T R O O F. Truth. I. I had flashbacks of Usher just now when he when he used to spell out his name in his songs because he would be U- U.S. U.S. H H E R R A Y M O N D. No, tell me, right? tell me what you want to do. Every time when I hear anyone spell out stuff, it's, it just goes back to that. <laughs> That's when I felt like I made it as a battle rapper when I figured out how to say my name melodically. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I got it. Oh, yes, I'm, I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i terrible at like being able to to understand when people are spelling out something. I'm just like, my brain, I don't know why. It just shuts off. <laughs> like after three letters, I'm just like, uh crap i forgot what they said (laughs) it's like it just sounds cool at this point yeah 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 (laughs) awesome welcome back to another episode and uh yeah this one this you know what so i was kind of re-listening to last week's episode and yeah i think i think we were right in saying that the three episodes are probably the best ones if you want to listen to them like back to back to back but you know what? I really like this episode too. That it might fall into like I don't know if there's a word for like four four victories in a row or something like that. But uh, because what you got the repeat, three peat, yeah, four peat, yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm, I'm trying to think of like is there even like a word for that? But uh. I don't think so, because you know, three peat isn't even a real word. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like nobody's made a clever way to say like four. You just say like four peat. I've seen four peat before, and I thought it was stupid. But hey, mm-hmm. if that's what we're using, yeah, yeah, because it's what we're using. Yeah, I guess we'll just go with it then, because yeah, I will of course get started with the episode, but I just kind of wanted to give folks a heads up in case if they didn't listen to the last three, then I would say like yeah, if you wanted to just do a full-on marathon i i would say and and you know what that that just tells you like how good season four has already been so far that's true yeah. that's true mm-hmm. and uh just to clarify it is for pete for pete okay yeah perfect for pete perfect uh awesome so yeah uh we'll get into some other details at the end of the show but i figure since this was also a jam-packed episode we'll just go ahead and get started uh so this is episode 48, 
episode seven in season four. And this occurred on January 18th, 2011 at the Bach Center. B-O-K. I'm guessing hey, I'm, either they'll never be OK uh-huh. or it's Bach. Yeah, yeah. Be OK <laughs> in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this episode started off pretty cool because they actually did a video package. But uh, I'm pretty sure this is probably the most production that they put into these opening um, opening intros, because usually it's just like the standard like video video clips and highlights from whatever happened last season but they actually Mm -hmm. got like the production voiceover guy to kind of like do unique um new unique commentary for this and at the same time they've i don't think they've done this before where they've actually shown footage of the rookies from raw and smackdown like when they're yeah like i thought i missed something i was like i don't remember seeing this yeah 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 (laughs) i was the same way where i thought like did, did we mess up and did we like not go in order or something like that but uh yeah i would i would definitely recommend to check this out too if if you haven't been watching the episodes this one actually does a really good job of uh catching you up to the current storylines and then they do a good mix of like the challenges that have happened and then at the very end they kind of get like brodus over as like the monster of like the entire the entire squad so yeah i i think production is definitely going to get like a pretty good score right off the bat on my end just because of this opening uh video package so yeah i almost felt like that should have just been the intro mm-hmm. like they should have went straight to episode right after that that's instead true of cutting to like the theme because the the theme didn't really do nothing but almost like repeat what they just kind of like said but at, at the same time what was in that was kind of like all about them yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas the intro kind of shows your pairs i guess that's so. true yeah yeah, because uh, I think that's what modern NXT does now, too, where they don't even show the video or I should say they don't do like the intro pack, the intro video package anymore, where it's just that where it's like a recap of what happened. And then it goes straight into the episode with like Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix and uh, I'm blanking out on his name, uh, Vic Joseph. Yeah, 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 I was about to say is just, all I know about him is he's really tall. Is he? Yeah, he just. I mean, you're, yeah, he's like um, he almost tall as like uh, Dio Madden. Oh. Dio Madden like six foot seven or something like that. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I guess they do a good job of like making sure he doesn't tower over Wade Baird or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Maybe he hunches over. I don't know, but like Vic Joseph is pretty tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that's how they do it now because it's been a while since I've seen the NXT intro on, on modern day NXT mm. um, because I, I think you're right. I think they just kind of do it in that format where it's just like uh, the storyline video package and then it's it goes straight into the episode. Um, but yeah, I think I think, like I said, it was a good one, and it kind of kicks us off where uh, they also... It feels kind of like a interesting show because there is going to be another... or I, Yeah, there's going to be another elimination tonight. Um, mm. So I think it did a good job as far as the recap, and then same thing when we go into our first segment, which is the NXT Know Your Pro Challenge. They they kind of uh, do the full introductions as well with the pro and rookie teams. Cause normally they already had like 
the rookies in ring and the and the pros on the stage, but they actually did like full introductions for this. Um, so yeah, it seems like it seems like they're putting a little bit more production value into it, especially since it's an elimination week. So if people are just tuning into NXT for the first time or haven't seen it, then it seems like they're catching people up to speed. Um, so this one is, uh, I think this is probably the challenge that I remember the most, even though I didn't watch this season, because <laughs> I think I've seen it on other video compilations or, um, or other people review this specific episode or not even huh. not, or I should say not even the full episode, but they've reviewed this segment specifically because of, of the things that Daniel Bryan and Derek Bateman eventually do in this segment. Uh, yeah. So I, I actually remembered this challenge and, uh, but I, I didn't remember all the details. So to kind of give people a perspective is it's kind of like, um, what's the, what's the game that they usually do? It's, um, I know we were talking about charades the other week, but this one is like a generic version of uh, guess guess who I guess or or kind of guess. Um, I know that it's kind of like the the newlyweds game or like the D. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? That's like what they do on that couples game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, the or Matt Stryker will ask the pros and the rookies a question about like. So, for example, this first one was, um, what did your pro first think of you when they first saw you? Um, and then the pros have to write down their answer on the stage. And then the rookies just kind of try to guess what they thought they would say. And if they match somewhat on like the, the answers, then they'll get a point. Um, this one was also, again, another one where whoever won would get four points and at this point, I think Derek Bateman was leading into the competition with four. So it's basically if anyone else other than Derek Bateman was able to win this, then they would tie. And I, I would imagine that they would have like a tiebreaker at the end to mm, to, okay. to break it up. Um, so I'm not going to go over all of them and, and feel free to like chime in if you remember some of your favorite responses. But mm-hmm. uh, from the first round, yeah, like it was uh, what did your pro first think of you when they first saw you? And then uh, Derek Bateman says, well, I think Daniel Bryan thought I was the great state of Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, gets like a huge crowd pop. And then, yeah, that's exactly what Daniel Bryan Mm -hmm. had wrote down. So the Matt Stryker and the commentators already get a little suspicious of like, why would he like kind of. Why would he say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the other one I had here was like, yeah, I think Dolph Ziggler has already brought this up before, but then. Um, he says that he thought Byron Saxon was Carlton from from the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all, they're still kind of playing with that that whole like thing. Um, and then in the second question, it was, "What career do you think your pro can imagine you doing <laughs> after you're done with like pro wrestling and everything?" When we get to Daniel Bryan, he, or I should say, when we get to Derek Bateman, he's like. I think Daniel Bryan would want me to be the next Steve Blackman. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Daniel Bryan has, has it written down. And I thought this was—I thought this was interesting that the crowd actually started booing them in this part, which I was kind of surprised by. That uh, it's because they're cheating, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's like, wait a minute, this don't make no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, yeah, that's what kind of caught me off guard that. I, I didn't think the crowd would be like that they would care about 
the challenge or even the segment. But yeah, hey, man, this is Oklahoma, bro. Like they mm. they got morals. They, <laughs> they identified cheaters and they said, you know what? We don't like this. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Maybe you're <laughs> totally right. No, that's like a real like middle American. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't say southern, but it's like Oklahoma, like right in the middle, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't even know what type of people those are. <laughs> it's not Midwest because you're like damn near west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call them like damn near west. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, it's kind of like the wrestling capital of 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 the U.S., right? Because that's what they label. Uh, Jack Swagger, since he's from like Perry, Oklahoma, I think. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, I think they're best known for like their collegiate wrestling and. Yeah. They're very known. Yeah. That's a um, Oklahoma Sooners football and. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 And collegiate wrestling. Yeah. 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 That's true. Okay. All right. Well, that's some bonus knowledge there. (laughs) There you go. Uh, And then my favorite one is when, um, when, when they get to uh, my boy Connor O'Brien, he says, uh, "Oh, I I think he probably thinks I could go into the circus." But then uh, <laughs> Del Rio writes, "My employee," <laughs> just like <laughs> so, basically like he could work for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just funny how like yeah, no one corrects him or anything. He's just like, "Yeah, we'll go with whatever uh, Del Rio said." <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, like my employee, employee, bro. Yeah, yeah, like. Whatever. Like, hey, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but then we actually get a genuine, honest answer because uh, the next one was Brodus Clay. And Brodus Clay had said uh, body, <laughs> bodyguard. Like, kind of kind of upset for some reason. Oh, I think it's because he insulted him in the first the, mm-hmm. f- the first answer he gave him. And then uh, T- Ted DiBiase, was, yeah, he got it. He actually wrote down bodyguard. So they also got a point. And mm-hmm. um, what was interesting is that during the second round, Matt Stryker forgot to get Johnny Curtis's answer, so he has to kind of like go back and ask him. But I, I don't think they got it right with, with him. Not and- he didn't. Yeah, but I was like, wait a minute, did are they doing eliminations? Because I saw him not mention Curtis because I was like writing mm-hmm. them down, and then he goes back to him. I was like, oh man, that's scandalous. Yeah, because I. I thought the same. How you forget about the one that's the closest to you? Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what it was. He just he's walking right by him. Yeah. Uh, so then the the last round is uh, what area? What area do you think your pro can improve on? Brodus and uh, so he goes the opposite away since he forgot to do Johnny Curtis. So then he asks uh, Brodus, and then Brodus of course says like. Uh, to pay attention and listen more. And and yeah, Teddy actually got it right again. He's like, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Uh, so it's, I'll get to it at the end. But yeah. So then Derek Bateman, of course, then he says like, oh, uh, I think he would want me to improve on chicks in America. And then <laughs> Derek Bateman, step forward. If you get this right, I'm going to accuse you of cheating. There's no hope. Okay. What does Daniel think you can improve on the most? Well, two of my favorite things, actually. Chicks and America. So you can improve on chicks in America. (laughs) I don't trust you at all. Byron. This this seems rigged. You think? Byron. By this point, yeah, like the whole commentary team is just like, okay, something's definitely up. Uh, And then technically they won because they got it all right. And. There isn't really anything against the rules for them to do it, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because at this point, 
Bateman picks up four more points and has a total of eight. So realistically, there's no way anybody could like catch up to him. So mm-hmm. he gains immunity. Uh, but it was interesting because we'll get to we'll get to Brodus and Ted DiBiase later on in the show. But yeah, like for them not getting along, they actually got two answers right. So I thought that was that was kind of interesting. And it was it was almost kind of cute. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, look at you guys are really like knowing each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they would have genuinely won that one if Daniel Bryan and Derek Bateman weren't like scheming up things, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to assume that they just like backstage were like, look, bro, we know they're going to ask us three questions. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of what they say, we're going to go with Tulsa, Oklahoma, Steve Blackman <laughs> and Chicks in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just went over that and was like all right we're just gonna do that yeah yeah so they obviously went for like cheap pop random and then running gag yeah yeah yeah. it was smart i mean that that was one way to definitely secure the the win at that point <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm with that i support that 110 <laughs> percent after this we get the first match Mm-hmm. Byron Saxon versus Chris Masters, mm-hmm. and is would this be the first like match between a pro and former rookie? Yeah, I think this is this is the first matchup between a former pairing, uh, because yeah, in season one, I believe r Truth and. David Otunga fought each other, but they were still a team at that. Yeah, age. they were still a team. Mm-hmm. They didn't like separate them or anything like that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like you know, he didn't get traded. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I I thought about that when I was watching it. I was like, why is this? Why do they look so familiar with each other? Because I almost <laughs> forgot that like he got traded, and I was like, oh yeah, they were together, and they were like cool with each other. So they uh they start off it they exchange slaps. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Masters slaps Saxon, he basically sends him out of the ring with that. Tumbles out. Mm-hmm. And then um, we get uh, Ma- or, um, Ziggler with like a distraction to Masters. And then uh, yeah. he then we get Saxon clotheslining Masters like outside of the ring. And then when they get back in the ring, uh, Byron's kind of like he's in control. So we yeah. get him, you know, he knocks him down with his Russian bulldog to stay in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, I caught this too. I've seen it in your notes, but I caught this too when the commentators were talking about how um, Ziggler might be able to win both the world heavyweight yeah, title yeah, yeah. and the the tag team belts if like Byron Saxton wins NXT and then he catches catches the uh, money in a bank contract. And I was like, oh, this was around that time where mm-hmm. he was that dude for that thing, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They could have been like the two man power trip. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really could have. Man. So then um we get back to the match. And then I forgot that Chris Masters was using like the sky high slash mm-hmm. sit out spine buster slash Rydine bomb. Yeah. So like when I seen him do it, I was like, oh, that's a pretty high spine buster. And he sat down. I was like, ooh, I forgot mm-hmm. you were you're one of the guys who did that. And I was like, man. Fernando was telling me about this guy for years. <laughs> I, it's 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 one of those things where yeah, like it's literally this is the time frame when he just got like insanely technical, like not even technical, but just like 
showed off his uh, his legit in-ring work because before he was just a gimmick he was like how we talked about before where he was just that's true lex luger yeah yeah that's like what i that sadly what i remembered most about him was mm. like the whole lex luger kind of thing with the master lock and i was like mm-hmm. okay you've got you're one of those like you can't break the whole type of dudes yeah, yeah. and i really don't like those kind of wrestlers because yeah. they usually use really boring moves and it's like yeah the full nelson's the worst yeah but I digress. Lazy Matt with a great sit out spine buster. Mm-hmm. We get a um some more offense in. Uh I also forgot that Chris Masters has really good like running mm-hmm. uh shoulder tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. Like he gets uh, some real good height and distance with it. So like right after so he was trying to whip uh Saxon to the ropes. Saxon reversed it. As soon as kind of like Masters hit the ropes and came back, it, he was already like in the air. Mm-hmm. And he gets him with a nice shoulder tackle. And then we get like a series of clotheslines and then just like uh some bumps, some bumping from Byron Saxon. And then um at, at to which at some point Saxton gets him with like a second rope clothesline that I thought was really dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like gets it down good on that. Then he whips Masters in the corner, tries to go for like a splash. Masters slips out of the way, capitalizes on that missed opportunity. <laughs> Master lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't even know if he tapped because I couldn't tell because he was just getting rung around like a. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, he was getting ragdolled. Those are always interesting because it's either like you can see him tap or the referee just calls it at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I think because the only way they could tap is like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like waving her hand around. It, it's kind of uh, it's kind of like Paige's submission hold. Um, yeah, where they can't, that's right, where they can't really like tap. They, <laughs> yeah, they just got to like do you submit? And they just shake their heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, uh, Perry, the the rings of Saturn was like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. The regal stretch was like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever tapped out to the tarantula because you can't. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's on the ropes. <laughs> it's like the coolest, most illegal move in wrestling. Yeah. But hey, it was a solid match, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, nice offense from both men. Like, uh, it's cool to see Saxon having, like, signature moves. Or, like, all of the guys have signature moves. So it's good to see even rookies having, like, noticeable signature moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we go to a, a backstage segment with um, Brodus. Ted Maurice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I forget how good Brodus Clay is on the mic because he's just so natural with it. Yeah. And he just gets up there and starts talking and you're just like, hmm. so he gets up there and he's like, you know, verbally like upset with Ted. Ted tells him to shut up. And yeah, <laughs> and straight up. And, you know, he kind of like put him in his place right there. And then so then like he storms off. And then, and then he like turns to Maurice and says something to her, and she starts talking to him in French. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he he says verbatim <laughs> French. I'm tired of this French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says Teddy Two that I've been calling him in my notes yeah. today. <laughs> Teddy Two. So hey, Mr. DiBiase Jr. is fed up today. He's not having it with Brodus. He's not having it with Maurice. Yeah. He's he's not a happy millionaire, I guess. Yeah, because in his perspective, like he thinks that Brodus is being condescending and just like Maurice, of course, hasn't been like 
respecting him the last couple of weeks. So they're definitely building it up. And uh, as much as Brodus has been patient with him too, like you can kind of start sensing the the cracks starting to happen between between them as well. Um, Which is sad because they'd be unstoppable as a tag team. They would, yeah. When you really think about it, because if you want to keep it half K wise, DiBiase legit has the experience and and Brodus had the power, so. And then, like, come on, like, what rich dude doesn't have a bodyguard? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're missing something here, DBI. So you can't just be a rich dude with a pretty woman. Like, you got to have some muscle around you, too, bro, unless you want to be fighting everybody. And that's, you know, come on, man. Which actually brings a good point where imagine if this kind of took off, then they would legitly only just need one more person. And it could have been a it could have been a legit stable if if it actually if they actually wanted to move forward with it, because yeah, you, you, oh, it's just what, uh, what, what did, what did DBIC have back? Money Inc. Money Incorporated. Was that the name of the group? Yeah. 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 You could have, they could have just, I'm surprised they didn't bring that back with Ted DBIC Jr. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just rehash a group and just throw like four people to him, Maurice, Brodus Clay and like somebody else together, at least just for a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. That would have been dope. Actually. Like who else had like kind of a almost money type of gimmick, uh, anybody could fit that bill honestly like, yeah yeah and it could have been it could have been the same thing where it could have been someone with a money type gimmick or it could have been someone that dibiase wanted to mentor other than brodus so it mm-hmm. it could have been mm-hmm. it could have been like yeah like the the triple h of of evolution where uh he, he could have had like a batista with brodus and he could have had like a randy orton with someone else but yeah because mm-hmm. it, it could have worked that could have been they can have stables so easily and just don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like they like if you want to fast forward now, like they just made Apollo rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. They could have easily done it in this time frame too. Anybody could be rich in WWE. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Look at uh Cameron Grimes. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> awesome. So leading leading into that mayhem, we take a quick commercial break. And then from there, we actually have the tag team of Brodus and DiBiase Jr. going up against uh, B squared with Brian and Bateman. <laughs> uh, so this one, this one was kind of interesting where also I had a note here that before the matchup, like when they were coming back from commercial break, they had announced like the second annual Mattel royal rumble uh i was trying to look for that because i know we've seen videos before where people do like simulated matches in uh stop motion with Mm. with with action figures so i thought that this is what what it was but when i was trying to do like a google search and youtube like it it didn't come up so i I don't know exactly like if that's what they were going for but it sounded kind of fun that i'm surprised wwe doesn't kind of do more often to to really target like the kids the kids demographic but anyway <laughs> i've never i've never seen it either yeah like, yeah i wish yeah sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> so before this matchup started i definitely wanted to give uh todd grisham some props here because he justified our stat tracking system where before the matchup started he said that like Derek bateman still hasn't won a match yet and then he said to his knowledge 
Daniel Bryan has not won a matchup on NXT despite that he's the US champion. So I was like, yes, he has justified that NXT is its own separate brand and like the the stats and uh results should count as different entities. So Bryant, to my knowledge, has never won a match on NXT. Daniel Bryan's the United States champion. And Derek Bateman's immune from being eliminated tonight. And I want to talk about the fact... And they should. They absolutely should. Like, you can count somebody's stuff as their overall, say, like, singles record or record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to, like, break them off in segments. The same way they say, like, you know, the Undertaker was undefeated at WrestleMania for damn near 20 years. So it's like, but, you know, he loses all the time at, you know, probably some other pay-per-view that we don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got to be the reverse where he's like one in like (laughs) 21. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm I'm very glad that he did it. And it pretty much has justified the stat tracking that we've done since episode one. (laughs) There it is. Uh, So to start off the matchup. Yeah. They uh, Bateman and Brian actually do some really nice uh, tag team drop kick sequences and then uh for some reason this one i didn't understand like if this was a ongoing storyline from raw or smackdown but when uh when todd and and josh were talking about who who do you think is going to win the royal rumble this year and then when uh todd asked them like oh do you think dibiase jr is going to win and then josh just starts laughing for some reason and he said like there's no way that ted dibiase is going to win the royal rumble And, and it seemed really out of nowhere because uh like i don't understand the reason like why ted dibiase couldn't win the royal rumble since he's like a pretty yeah Yeah, it's like what's wrong with him man yeah yeah so i don't know if this is just like a storyline that they were building on on raw smackdown but yeah it took me off guard because since we're just strictly focusing on nxt like i i didn't understand the reason for it um and yeah it's it's also kind of interesting to know that this is the 2011 royal rumble that uh happened exactly 10 years ago where they tried out the 40 man version um so i can't believe it's already been 10 years since they they tried the extended royal rumble <laughs> and you know what it's okay yeah yeah you know we could just leave it then and not do it again exactly i don't remember it i remember who won yeah 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 and i don't remember any like surprise guests any like real moments mm-hmm. or like none of that yeah and i know i watched it so. yeah exactly uh so afterwards then we get some some really nice kicks by daniel bryan on brodus clay but then brodus is able to reverse it and do his trademark uh suplex i believe it was the t-bone suplex that he caught him with um yes <laughs> uh, that's correct and then brodus uh got in control and yeah, he was getting some good offense on Brian, and then I don't know where DiBiase Jr. tagged himself in, uh, just because he started seeing that like Brodus kind of wore Brian down, and he wanted to go for his finisher with Dream Street, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Dream Street, but then Brian was able to counter it and tag out to Bateman, and then he hit like a really nice boot on uh, DiBiase. And then in the closing sequence, DiBiase was um, pretty upset still just because like he was upset that he wasn't able to kind of get control after tagging out with Brodus. 
So he ends up shoving Brodus in their corner. But Brodus, by this point, especially with the backstage promo that we saw earlier, he was he's at it. He's at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He hit his boiling point. He just drops from the apron, starts slowly walking away. And then uh, Bateman takes advantage and hits him with the most dangerous move with the roll up <laughs> and picks up the win at 435. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting because at the end, too, Maurice was like also laughing at DiBiase during that segment i think she's also kind of like hit her breaking point too when it comes to like just like totally not respecting uh dibiase jr and yeah it, it it's just like overall it was it was also a good matchup and yeah they're definitely doing a good job of just continuing the storyline between um between the between that that pairing or i should say trio <laughs> with, with with maurice uh, definitely so after that we go to a quick commercial break and we get probably my favorite segment of the night with uh connor and and he is uh he's just kind of walking around backstage and he finds like a piece of cheese on the floor and of course you know cheese uh rats gotta do what the rats gotta do <laughs> hey definitely <laughs> and all of a sudden he sees that there's a trail of cheese leading up to like a door. So he ends up following it. And then as soon as he opens it, uh, he is greeted by his nemesis. Cheese. Hasta la vista, rata. Connor kind of like shoves him and is ready to like pretty much beat him up. And then mm-hmm. Del Rio comes out of nowhere and separates them and then is totally upset that like his two protégés, I guess, are kind of just like going at it. So he says like, oh, you know, this is not how we're going to settle it. We're going to settle settle it like men and uh, that he's he's uh, he doesn't officially announce the matchup, but pretty much they're, they kind of indicate that they're going to have like a matchup. Mm-hmm. Um so he wants them to to kind of pretty much fight, fight tonight, and then uh, fight in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> you want you do want to fight, fight in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fight and, out there. <laughs> it, I I like your note because yeah, he he pretty much did look like like a really disappointed dad with like two two kids who just a rich a rich balling ass dad at that yeah, yeah, yeah. spoiled ass kids fighting <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it's interesting because i never realized how many kind of like trios there <laughs> there have been this season but uh yeah I, I really like the stories that they've been building between ricardo and uh and connor so we'll see what happens later on tonight <laughs> definitely so um after that we get another mini segment but this time with johnny curtis in our truth so like we start off with johnny curtis he's just kind of like backstage looking worried or whatnot mm-hmm. our truth walks in and then curtis goes hey what's up truth ski oh yeah <laughs> hella boys man <laughs> yeah, like so the smoothest homies he said what's up truth ski and then um <laughs> 
So like Johnny Curtis is telling truth, like how he's like nervous that it's like elimination night. So he's worried and stuff. Yeah. Our truth tells him to get into the groove. Curtis starts dancing around, <laughs> you know, a little too much. We get those Fandango vibes already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, he's and he's like, "Hey, how about is it like this? Am I doing it right?" And our truth goes, "Nope." And <laughs> and then he tells him like, "Just to chill, relax." And then they go out there. Mm-hmm. They fade away, and then we come back like fade away (laughs) they go away and then uh we come back and we get uh our next match which is conor o'brien versus ricardo rodriguez Mm -hmm. which like i thought was pretty funny because like as soon as i see conor o'brien making his way down a ramp and i hear del rio's music and i was like what are they gonna do just keep the music running or are you gonna start it over because they they kept it running (laughs) because they did that with uh on aew like a couple months ago when uh the lucha brothers fought each other where they actually just restarted the song (laughs) so like they they came out to like lucha bros mexican (laughs) and then it it goes off lucha Lucha bros (laughs) mexican <laughs> so yeah, I, I was I was also wondering like if they were gonna do that or if just they're just gonna keep it rolling at that point. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but nope. Uh here in the WWE, here in the feds, they just kept it running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I also uh caught one from from one of the commentators. They said La Rata for Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, does that just mean the rat? It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ricardo comes down. He he uh he's wearing his robe. I'm like, all right, that's that's fresh. And then he introduces himself, of course. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damas y caballeros, es mi gran honor representarles a ustedes en su primera lucha en la WWE. Yo soy Ricardo Rodriguez. <laughs> and then uh, it basically kind of turns into a squash match because Connor starts beating him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, throws him around. And it is like, it's cool because, like, for people who know, like, Ricardo Rodriguez is a wrestler. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when he's getting tossed around and he's like bumping perfectly, and you're thinking, oh my God, Connor's like really tearing him up, you're looking at Rodriguez like, oh man, you're bumping great. So. He's doing everything right. He's selling everything perfectly because, you know, he understands he's a wrestler. So he gets it. This this kind of like squash match looks pretty cool because it's, it they both know the game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they both know the dance. Uh, therefore, we know that Ricardo is putting him over by making him look good. He, he, so then uh, he even does like the like the comedy bumping on the outside when. He's mm-hmm. kind of running away from him and then just runs into the stairs. But he, he does it really, like really, really well, too. Mm-hmm. It looked perfect. And he has like the hair that flops around. Oh, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, so before we even get outside, I, uh, I think they started to do one of those like picture in picture things because I couldn't really see it. But like Connor hit that fool with a European uppercut in the back of the head. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty dope. Uh-huh. And then, um, so then Connor starts pulling off the turnbuckle pad, which I was kind of throwing off. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. guess he's like super mad because, you know, he tried to kill him with the rat spray. 
<laughs> that actually makes sense. Yeah. So he's like, you know, look, bro, if you're going to try to kill me like this, I got to terminate you too, bro. So he pulls off the turnbuckle pad and he's like, all right, man, I'm going for it. Yeah. And then puts him in the corner, but I guess it doesn't count as a disqualification because he didn't throw him at the mm-hmm. pad necessarily. He just placed him in the corner. Yeah. And then he starts attacking him and then he backs up and then he goes for a corner splash and misses. Yeah. Now, I don't really know what he was meaning to do if he was going to splash somebody in the corner. Yeah. That's like a rookie move right there. So I guess, you know, if we're thinking about it, if we have K, since Ricardo's actually a wrestler, yeah, he like played him. So <laughs> he did. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He played him, got him to get out of his element. He almost killed the guy with some rat spray, got him <laughs> like really furious. So he knew he goes for that corner splash, moves out of the way. Connor basically knocks himself out. Mm-hmm. And then Ricardo gets up, he like kicks him to see if he's alive. He hits the ropes <laughs> and then he like splash him hella quick. One, two, three. Yes. And then um, I guess we get the first rookie to lose to a um, manager. <laughs> manager. Manager slash ring announcer slash, you know, slash wrestler. Yeah. So, hey. It, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it was interesting because, yeah, of course, it's it's hard to hard to count this as like a, a match match but it is like an official match but with everything that you said like yeah ricardo did his job of like getting himself over like as as a as a huge heel getting the heel heat with uh with announcing himself and then <laughs> getting the pop when he disrobed himself so he he did his job to to really make uh um the fans kind of support Connor during this whole thing so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it I, it's weird because it it was a match kind of a squash and at the same time not a squash because the guy who was getting squashed won mm-hmm. but it covered a lot of different like elements of what a match could be mm-hmm. which I'm probably gonna have to change my score after this now that I like sit down and think about the different layers that just kind of like happened in that match mm-hmm so like even like what was it that match was like a minute 50 seconds and like look at how much happened exactly yeah like (laughs) there's there's matches that we've watched in other seasons where like they're 10 minutes and i could barely remember what happened uh (laughs) and then yeah you're right like even though that this had uh even though that this had limited wrestling there were a bunch of spots that yeah you're right i could remember Mm -hmm. from from this happening bro it took me longer to break down the match then the match actually <laughs> happened <laughs> this is this is very true <laughs> all right so i i think you may have also convinced me to, to change my score later in once we get there hey <laughs> man it i you know sometimes you just gotta like hear it out loud and then unpack it it's like whoa that was yeah. pretty dope yeah all right well with that we go into our last segment of the show and yes, yeah, someone's got to go and it's not going to be Derek Bateman because he won immunity with eight points before before we find out who gets eliminated. Matt Stryker actually wants to know who ba- who he thinks Bateman should be eliminated. And he says, like, the guy with the most punchable face. And he says it's Byron Saxton. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's interesting that they're kind of building up something between them because they haven't really been beefing throughout the season Mm. so we'll see where that ends up leading in the next couple of weeks uh so we get the big reveal and yeah it's it's unfortunately 
my boy Connor O'Brien who gets eliminated. But like as soon as they announced it, like the commentators rapidly jump on jumped on it because they said like, well, he did just lose to Ricardo, and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, he, you make a pretty that, good. That's pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't see it coming, but then once they said that, it was like, mm, nah, you're right. <laughs> I. And, and kind of like with the point that you made, I think if the commentators had brought up like the fact that, yeah, like Connor was super upset with with uh, Ricardo because he tried to kill him with the rat spray, <laughs> then I think that would have justified him removing the, the top the tur- turnbuckle pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because, and like kind of being furious. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since they didn't really illustrate that story, maybe that's probably why it kind of made his victory against Ricardo look even more foolish, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah he he he's unfortunately eliminated and usually striker lets the eliminated rookie kind of say their their goodbyes and everything but as uh connor is about to say something then ricardo comes back in uh and he's on the stage and kind of just like talks him down and uh you know just kind of saying the same thing of like you know Mm -hmm. i just beat you and everything um (laughs) and then in the notes that you had yeah he said like uh, you could kiss my rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'll give Connor that. He's pretty much stayed full K during this whole this whole season so far. And Yo, he's like over K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he took this whole rat gimmick to a whole new level. Like, mm-hmm. usually when people is like, oh, you know, you kind of look like something. It's like, all right. Yeah, I look like this, but yeah. it's like, you know, I look like this because I am this. Yeah. He, <laughs> so he's rocking it, dude. He's probably the most committed since like Percy Watson, I think. Cuz <laughs> cuz Percy Watson never dropped his character either, but uh I think Connor had more more layers to his like his gimmick, so. Uh so Connor ends up chasing Ricardo away. But then I thought that the the show was going to end there. But then Connor comes back and then he does get on the mic for a little bit and says like uh, he actually kind of. Yeah, he said uh, he told he was like, you know what? And he said, like, you everybody's here sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And and he goes like, and the rat has left the building. And then he like scurried (laughs) under the ring. (laughs) Yeah, I I really like that. And I'm surprised that, yeah, he didn't. He didn't do that initially because I thought that would have been a really good gimmick of just like exiting the arena by going under like the going ring. Going under the ring. That would have probably gotten him over too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Probably too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh so yeah, that's pretty much how we end the show. And like how I said, I I thought that was probably the best way to do it. And the more I think about it, this I thought this was gonna be the the Derek Bateman show because kind of like the points that we made last week where uh it kind of felt like his show where he was at the the Bella double date and he won both challenges and he did kind of the same thing here where he won the challenge and he won his match but I would say yeah like probably Connor kind of stole the show here with with everything that had happened so mm-hmm. um that was like a that was his his um that was his go home episode yeah 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 mm-hmm so that's how you do it when you as like you, when he went out with a bang like mm-hmm. every segment he was in was like 
really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, his backstage segment was hilarious with the cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the match had to get unpacked longer than it actually was. Yeah. And then he had to, you know, like kiss my rat tail and he scraped it under the ring. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, dog. Like, it's like killing it. Three highlights right there. <laughs> One guy. So, you know, he, they tasked him with a, a job and he nailed it. So. Yeah. All right. So that will lead us into our fun facts here for the episode. So this one actually, yeah, this one actually had a pretty good amount of fun facts and and mm. and one interesting thing. So as we mentioned earlier, probably the biggest one is that Daniel Bryan has finally broken his 48 episode losing streak <laughs> where uh, he finally got a tag team victory here with Bateman and now he is 1 in 12. So Technically, he still has the worst record in NXT history to this point, um, but at least he finally picked up the W. For the grand total match duration, we have hit the 10-hour mark, so Hmm. we've had 10 10 hours of legit wrestling on NXT. Uh, Conor O'Brien was eliminated on this episode, and this, I thought, was the most interesting fact, that if you're just counting the records in 2011 so far ted dibiase jr actually has the worst record at the moment where he has uh he hasn't he hasn't won yet and he has three losses so 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 far everyone else on the roster has picked up one victory already but young tedrick ain't winning huh Mm -mm, he's he's okay he's been putting the other folks over at this point which is oh he's Doing the job? He's okay. doing the job. Uh, and then, yeah, as we mentioned here, this is Ricardo Rodriguez's singles debut because he participated in the Battle Royale um, in a previous episode. But this is his first singles debut. Uh, his first NXT singles debut since I'm not I'm not quite sure if he had already wrestled on Raw or SmackDown already. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure if he, if they've had Ricardo Rodriguez wrestle on either that or if he's ever done any like dark work either. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. Not sure. All right. So with that, we will kick it into our scores for the episode. And I will kick it off with commentary. Uh with commentary, I ended up giving it a four. Um mm. because kind of like i mentioned earlier i think they got extra points for me because of like justifying our score system (laughs) uh -hmm. and then at the same time yeah like i think they did a good job of getting the talent over with the the matches and the the storytelling between like the pairings and also like it was an elimination episode so they did a good job of uh, kind of making sure like everyone knew like the stakes being involved and kind of like yeah, overall like the commentary where they were just kind of um, they were pretty entertaining with the stuff that they were saying and yeah overall like it was one of those things where I noticed them a bit more but they still weren't like distracting away from like what was happening in ring so I I, mm-hmm. I, I think this is pretty much like they're, they're starting to peak when it comes to like the chemistry between Todd and uh, and Josh nice I originally went three mm. but i changed to four Ooh. after like kind of hearing the points that you brought up and then their persuasion of on why connor lost 
Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> and it was just like little, they had really good little quips in there, I thought. Yeah, were yeah, yeah. Filling in the dead spaces perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I, I went, I mean, not perfectly, because if it was perfect, then I wouldn't have went five. But it was <laughs> like, it was, it was more, it, it just made the, I felt like the show flowed really good. Because when I got to the end, I was like, Wow, I can't believe it's over already. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I changed my score from three to four with that one. And then for matches, I originally had three. And then I changed it to three point five. Mm, okay. Because we were able to like kind of like unpack the last and short, which oddly enough was like the shortest episode too. Or yeah. like the shortest match. But you know, it uh it had a lot of like layers to it. You yeah. know, like I feel like we may have unpacked it more than they may have unpacked it themselves. Yeah. But 3.5. Nice. Uh I'm I'm gonna mirror you on that one because yeah, I also originally gave it a three, but the more that we were talking about that last match, it's it's interesting because yeah, like you would think that a squash match would just automatically not really factor in into anything. And maybe you're right. Maybe we did kind of give it more analysis than it it needed to be. But you also brought up a good point that if I could still remember those moments, even though it was like a match uh, that was less than two minutes, then they did something right for me to like still remember what they were doing. You know, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. And then what that was, there were three matches, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a singles, a tag. And then that last one. Yeah. And then I felt like, you know, just for the number of matches alone, three and then like that extra layer Mm -hmm. added on top of there is what really got us to 3.5, which was dope. And then if we kick it over to production, I went four. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like in my head, I usually think of production as like the mini segments Mm -hmm. and the it's like mini segments, match placement, game placement. And then like uh, promos or whatever, because that first one in the beginning was dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was really good to kind of like if you hadn't watched none of the episodes and you were like, what are these dudes about? Mm-hmm. You kind of like got that in that first one. Like exactly. they showed Johnny Curtis waving the, like the ribbon. So you get it because he's kind of like mm-hmm. kind of goofy and kind of cool like that. Yeah. And then Bateman's about like chicks in America. So it was like, oh, OK, I kind of like, you know, you kind of get an idea of have their personalities with that package. All the mini segments were really good. Like we said, like Connor was was nailing that with the cheese on the ground and whatnot. Like that mm-hmm. was that was great. So four for production from your boy. Nice. Yeah. Pretty much have to mirror you there because uh of the same reasons that you said with the opening video package and then it felt like the booking of everything, it just went it just went by and I, I even forgot to mention that uh since we don't really cover them anymore, they they snuck in there the the raw rebound with um with our boy Mason Ryan debuting and everything. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so like, yeah, like that whole thing just flowed perfectly where like not only did they cover all the NXT storylines and lore of everything, they managed to throw in like um the main roster stuff with promoting the Royal Rumble and promoting like what happened on Raw. Uh, so everything just blended together where like I didn't feel like I got distracted and it just flowed and like how you said with commentary by the time by the time that we got to the elimination it, I, I didn't even know that the episode was done at that point that's true um awesome so for me on on that same wave i also gave entertainment a four uh 
for the exact same reasons where I I just had fun watching this episode. And I, I think that's why I brought up the point of this might being a four Pete when it comes to mm. um, these last four episodes, just because, yeah, like I, I think they've been really finding their groove with, with this uh, season now, now that things are picking up with the eliminations, but also kind of getting over the storylines with like DiBiase and Brodus um, with uh, Connor and, and, and Ricardo and Del Rio. So yeah, it, it's very similar to how, uh season three like even though that people kind of like talk negative about season three they did a really good job of getting over all the pairings so Mm -hmm. i so i i think season four is pretty much on that same path now you know for sure all right i went four and a half whoa whoa and like i was i I originally went four. Yeah. But then like after everything got broken down, I was like, man, I got to go higher, but I can't go five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what do I do? 4.5, bro. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, like I just had to go back in the, into the, to, to the taping notes to just confirm it. Mm-hmm. And I think if I would have got like a guillotine leg drop, we would have been <laughs> at five, bro. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm, I was like trying to think right now, like, man, what, what's, missing from this episode that would have made me like go over the top because i gotta we gotta like sit out spine bus so you know we love those yeah, yeah, yeah um we got some like even in the minute in in like the two minute match it was the european uppercut to the back of the head so that was dope mm-hmm. so like every match was like good enough all the segments were hella good like i was entertained i felt like i wanted more out of the episode but it was just missing like one like extra move that would have been like, wow, this was the perfect episode. Like if Justin Gabriel was in this episode randomly and oh, just yeah. did a 450, <laughs> we'd have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but hey, all in all, 4.5. And I feel like that might have been the highest like single score I've given. I think so too, because I I don't I don't recall that being any higher. So yeah, I think I think you may have made history here. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> Awesome. Well, now I'm very curious on like this score because it's definitely going to be up there. So with our come maybe like four, yeah, let's, bro. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Uh, so with our with our combined score, we give this episode a ooh a three point nine. I think if it yeah, like if we had given it a little bit more with the matches, uh, it would have been hitting the four mark. But yeah, but for sure this. This is now officially the highest episode of this season. Um, yeah, so if if that doesn't tell you how much we recommend this episode, I don't know what will. Because um, yeah, I I genuinely had fun with this one. Where I I watched it once when I was um, doing my um, treadmill walking. So I watched the episode there, and then I watched it again to kind of just take notes, like more you know just like notes that i don't remember watching the first time and then i was like no this this was a fun episode to watch so yeah yeah mm. oh you know what i have done 4.5 oh, okay. well no, right. uh, but hey that that don't happen a lot yeah. like we ain't went this high since episode nine yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if that doesn't tell you like yeah <laughs> hold up so that will do it for this episode and on the next episode we have a very interesting main event where 
since we are now down to the final four, uh, we actually get a rookie fatal four-way matchup. Not only that, it's a fatal four-way elimination matchup where we have Byron Saxton, Derek Bateman, Johnny Curtis, and Brodus Clay going at it. So that one sounds like it's going to be a good matchup because, yeah, it's it's probably going to help them figure out like who should uh, move on and not get eliminated in future weeks. But also just to kind of see those four guys, like they all seem like they already have good chemistry with each other. So it'll be interesting to see them in like a fatal four-way elimination match on top of that. Definitely. I'm, I'm intrigued really. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that will do it for this episode. But before we headed off, I wanted to just kind of let folks know that we are going to do our mid-season finale with this episode. So we're going to take just a slight break here, just uh, leading up for our uh, our two-year anniversary show when we come back. And on top of that, we'll be coming back roughly around WrestleMania, WrestleMania week. And we will have a fun bonus host <laughs> that... Uh, we're really excited about this because this is something that we've wanted to do probably since starting up the podcast. So this will be our first time that we've kind of like done a uh, a trio of of hosts. So ooh, trios. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? We're like uh the death triangle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of all trios to think of. <laughs> Well, based on like the theme songs alone, I I think it makes sense. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, none of us Mexican either. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that that will be a fun one. Uh, so yeah, I would say definitely tune in for that one because yeah, we'll be celebrating our two year anniversary. And we'll be having our good friend join us for that one. And yeah, I guess in the meantime, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, we have a huge backlog of episodes. So if you and this is like the only time I'll say if this is your first time tuning in, not shame on you because the episode was like really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you randomly stumbled on like NXT episode 48 and you watch it like that was good luck right there yeah 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 that that'll show you like okay there was something to this uh <laughs> competition era of nxt mm-hmm. yeah uh so yeah i would say i would highly recommend if you haven't listened to it to check out our backlog of episodes but if you have been a loyal listener we'll we have some more uh youtube exclusive content as well so if you want to just check in on our youtube channel we'll have uh, more videos up to date as well. So definitely give us a subscription there. Uh, and I think that's all I got for this week until we uh, we come back for our mid-season premiere. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to plug out there into the universe? Uh, what do I have? I have, I have a battle 320. Oh, okay. Nice. And shout out to episode 48 for being very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got. Nice. 
that is a good shout out. That is a good couple of shout outs, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. So that will do it for your boys, uh, Nando O'Brien, especially Nando O'Brien, because uh, <laughs> more than likely he will not be coming back after this season. So <laughs> it's all right. You know, we know where he lives now. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. It'll be fine. And this is your boy, El Truth, still the truth, and nothing but the truth. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>